Hello folks, um, I know it's quite soon for another episode of the audio blog, but who bloody cares? Um, that's what I want to say, and I want this episode to be another underground episode. Um, I did an episode about underground culture, but I want this episode to be kind of hmm, close to the bone, should we say. Um... And I wanted to talk about censorship on the internet. Now, I don't want to talk about the thing that the government's been talking about, but I want to talk about censorship as a whole. And I always think that, you know, it's we think of the children. Um... And that's what we always think about. Now, I get told off a lot when we come to discussing censorship online, but... um, I don't know, it's, it's all one's views. Now, personally... I just think... The what ifs, the whys, the buts and the hows... So, um, because we worry about censorship and that online, you know, maybe it's time that people started creating something, you know, um, Sometimes people's imagination can go too far over the edge. And people can go, what was that? You know, because people can be shocked quite easily. Um, If you go a couple of of episodes back, and I shocked the Jehovah's Witnesses by what I believed. Now, my imagination is really deep really deep. I have the deepest imagination yet. I have the deepest imagination by far and still is deep. And I hold on to my imagination. There's time when you can let it go, but that's because people are making you conform or you're deciding to let go. That's the two things. And you're deciding to let go because you want to conform to society as well. Um, but I know you thought, um, censorship was going to be about swearing and pornography and internet smut, but it's far beyond that because, okay, let, let me give you, um, what people could censor violence they could censor violence um just anything with blood in um I mean just some of the best things get censored like and some of the worst things get censored 
<laughs> you know. Now, some things get censored for the right reasons. For example, Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the Atari 2600. That did not get censored for the amount of violence in. In fact, if you watch Angry Video Game Nerd, he puts it correctly. That did not get censored. Well, it got censored because, yeah, it was a violent video game. Very, very true. But when we fast forward a few years, we now actually find out that it's still being censored because of how horrible, well, how awful the game is. So, I think some things should get censored for that reason. Um, you know, for example, like, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, when people play it, they understand how horrible it is. Um, it's just got some terrible ear-piercing high-pitched sounds, and there isn't really a lot going on the screen. I think it should be censored for how boring it is as well. Um, but I digress. Um, so I really wanted to... Just censorship does annoy me. Because... Um, I don't know. I remember in... College. I was writing, writing a... Um, gothic science fiction poem about aliens and dragon pirates whatever um and I wrote this and someone said no 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 you have to cut out the ripping out of the heart I'm like what this is gothic you know um so it's it's just like I don't know I still sort of stand by my roots um and the book that I'm writing I'm trying to put some stuff into it it's not going to be censored um it's it's that's why it's an adult book, you know. There's stuff that for I don't know adult content. Um, it might not be adult content, but to keep on the safe side, I'm gonna have it as adult content. I think this is a book that if people want to read it, they should be able to read it, but. Ah, if we're protecting the children, I've got to know where my imagination really stands. And if I want to step over the line of having, I don't know. I mean, my book is very nitty gritty. It's a cyberpunk book. Um, but it's also an underground book. Um, and I think it, it just, it, there's no swearing in it. Um... But I just think the other couple of things in the book, um, I want it to be sort of a bit gory, um, you know, there's a few things 
in the book that I thought, well, do you know what? If I have the fight scene like this and, you know. So basically that's, that's how I think things should be. And I also think there's no such thing as too far when it comes to film and photography. Um, as long as it's not real. Um, you know, then it should be, you know, if people make what they will, um, then it shouldn't be too bad. You know, I think as long as you're not harming anyone, something should not be censored. Um, there are places for that. There are places for that. So we're moving on on this audio blog um, to something else that I really wanted to discuss in this bit because someone has asked me a question. Okay, um, this was a question that was asked to me on Facebook, I think. Uh, email? I can't remember. Um, they said, um, if you can... Blah, blah, if dreams have no rules, and then your other podcast mentions about rules within dreams, or you mentioned about rules within dreams, how come um, there are no rules in dreams? Oh, Right, this is a big question. Let's break it down. Um, so, there are... Yeah, there are no rules in dreams, as, for example, there are no laws in dreams. Um, there's no real-world laws. And if you take sort of real-world stuff into your dreams, it kind of gets boring, and it's like you're building barriers. You're programming yourself to be more moral. More moral. You're programming yourself to be a conformist you're programming yourself to be all these things that you don't want to be so for example um in a dream you may not care about rules you may not care about rules so in a dream you've got to show it um but then there is rules that surround the dream for example there are rules to going into a dream so you have that dream there are rules for example Rule number one, the golden rule, should be um, don't be frightened of all the monsters that are in your dream. Um, and rule number two is think like a gamer. If you're going, if you're not a video gamer, then when you come to a dream, you should think right. Take that control pad. Um, think right. I'm in a dream. What direction can I take this in? Uh, someone's going to catch me. Um, I'm going to get caught by some cops or something how can I not get caught well I can just go into another dream right too true um, you can go to another place if something's chasing you you can, you can hide you can go anywhere you want um, you can fly you can walk you, you can go you can go in any di- direction you know the world is your oyster 
And as I said in the previous part of this podcast, I have a very deep imagination. And sometimes I want to explore that in my dreams. It's, um, you know, something that you can do. You can ask your dream to explore your imagination. It might become somewhat like the real world. Um, or it may not be. It just depends. Um, just beware that if you're asking a dream to explore your imagination... If your imagination, if there is a weird part of your imagination, just allow yourself to go into that weird bit. It it will be strange and it'll be like having a nightmare. But um, I had a few weird dreams that I didn't know that I was exploring when I first had weird dreams. And and I was thinking weird thoughts, for example. um, I used to think about radioactive monsters. And what if, how would they react? So I used to dream about radioactive monsters. Um, I had a dream that um, the weirdest dream I ever had was I was selling bodies. And um, I was putting these dead bodies into the back of a truck. Um basically um i'd been playing the game manhunt um manhunt 2 and i was also studying the paranormal a little bit and i was also in between that um i was watching stargate sg1 and I was watching a lot of sci-fi stuff. So, uh, basically, um, these bodies had all been poisoned. Have you ever watched... Um, oh, what's it called? Night of the Living Dead. They take the piss out of all, like, zombie films. So this was kind of like that moment. Basically, these bodies, we were taking them because they'd been infested with dust. Um... And so we were putting them into the back of this truck to take to this lab so we could experiment on them. So we could show these doctors that when the dust got to the body, we could make a drug that we could, whatever, you know. Um, Anyway, um, I had to um, basically steal the bodies from the graveyard, um, throw them into the back of this truck and drive to the lab, and all that business. And then, when I was in the lab, um, they asked me if I wanted to be tested on this drug, because they had one that was already made. And I was like, yeah, yeah, go on. And it basically, they had all the cells, but it went wrong. And um, I basically turned into this thing where I had to, I basically went to the truck, and I started acting really mad, and I basically started ripping the flesh off the bodies and trying to find all the blood cells to drink from bodies and um, all the organ intestines and I was eating all the guts oh yeah I was watching um, Splatterhouse walkthrough as well it's um, a game from Sega Mega Drive and was basically like this thing and one of the bodies came alive and it started th- throwing parts of his gut at me and um it's like it's got its 
bowel, which was full of feces, which was using as a weapon. He's throwing feces, and these feces were like radioactive. And then, and then I started just fighting this thing. And I started eating everybody alive, and I was chasing everybody, and they were chasing me. And then I went into this room where they had all this like um, all these like diseases, um, and I was breathing in all these diseases. And everything was all closing in, but to survive, I had to eat the flesh really quickly and drink blood really quickly to survive all these like um, all these diseases. So that was a dream I had. It was really weird. So um, yeah, if you want to explore that kind of um, stuff, if you want to explore a dream, then basically. Um, that's how you go about it. That was one of my weirdest dreams. And I've only just remembered it. <laughs> um, one of the best dreams I had was when I was young. Um, we used to have, at school, we used to have this light room. Um, and I used to go in this light room with my friends at school. Sensory room. And they had this projector that they turned on. That I also liked simulators when I was a kid I liked motion simulators but I didn't know anything about simulators back then so I used to call them the motion ones I used to call them moving simulators and at school I imagined that the uh, light room turned into a fairground simulator it was the best dream I ever had Um, and still to this day I can remember it (laughs) Um, and I, it was, it didn't recur, it was the only dream that I had that never came back. I still dream about simulators sometimes, but it's not, um, um, it's not as good as when I first dreamt about it. Um, and a few years later, um, there was a place that had a motion simulator, and they let me go on it for as long as I wanted. I was like, wow. I spent ages on a motion simulator. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> um, so, I've gone to my weirdest dream, my bad, my best dream. What's the worst dream I've had? Right, the worst dream I've had um, was um, <clears throat> two dreams I had. But I've got this, just this one dream that I had. Um, I was having a headache um, and a cold. It was the start of a cold, and I had this really bad headache. And to make matters worse, I wasn't at home when I had this dream. I was at school. Um, first nightmare that I had when I was away from home. Lovely. Um, so I was at school when I had this dream. So I went to bed fine, and I had a slight headache and a cold. Um, And when you're not well, sometimes you have dreams that are just terrible. If you've ever had a dream when you're ill, that's not good. Um, And this dream was just terrible. Worst dream I've ever had in my life. And... I was not even anxious at this time of life, but it was symbolizing anxiety that's 
meant to come, but anyway, we'll come to that another day. But this is the worst dream I've ever had in my life. And um, my mummy was taking me to Harrogate at the time. So it was one of those dreams that I didn't do reality checks. Um, I didn't know if I was in this dream. This dream felt so real that it actually felt like it was happening in real life. So, I was in the car with my mummy. And the reason it felt real is because my mother in real life drives slow. And in the dream, she drove slow. It was like her normal driving. It was like, what's this so-and-so doing? Blah, blah, blah. And um, then the dream went really weird. It went nightmare feel. Um, there's, if you've ever been to Harrogate, there's like, um, there's like a part just before you get there, there's like some more. I think it's like, um, had been targeted by this point. Um, so, like, my mummy had taken me there. Um, and basically, had my, I was having my assessment and, um, So I'd had my assessment, basically, and I dreamt that I was going to Harrogate. And, oh yeah, I got a place as well before this dream. That was good. <laughs> um, so, I was in the back of Mum's and it was all, like, normal driving. And then we got to this bit, and then Mummy sped up. And she said to me in the dream, she's like, I want to get you to Harrogate as quickly as I can. I want to get you away from me, because things will be better for me and blah 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 blah. and oh it was getting really really weird and I was like mummy stop the car stop the car you're gonna crash and I woke up at school in a cold sweat I was like ah man I'm glad that was all a dream and I sat up I didn't scream but I was out of breath And um, then there was a another time where I was. Um, oh yeah and I've also been trapped in a dream as well I just want to tell you now I've been trapped in a dream Um, for those people who haven't think I've been trapped in a dream I've been trapped in a dream and it's horrible and again um, I was away from home I was 
not at college. I'd started going to college, but I came home from college, but I was sleeping at my real dad's house. Um, and I was all comfortable in bed, and I was really tired, and I had this dream, and it felt... I'm going to tell you now, you need to understand about dreams before you get trapped in a dream. Now, it's not my first time I've been trapped in a dream. And if you're going to get trapped in a dream, you have to understand that you are going to wake up from it. In fact, if you're trapped in a dream, just say to yourself within the dream, this is a dream and I can come out of this. Um, and I have said that once in a dream uh, to myself. Um, I've said, this is a dream. I can come out of this. Um, when you realise it's a dream and you can wake up. Um, or if there's an argument, you can have the argument or whatever. Um, welcome to that though. Um, in this dream, there was no argument that happened, but it just got weirder and weirder. Um, I dreamt that I went to town on my own. This was before all the stuff that's happening now. But can I just say, when you're trapped in a dream, it can show you futuristic things. You may be scared of something, and maybe in the future, you'll become more confident at it. So... That's one thing to bear in mind. If you get trapped in a dream, it's not a bad thing. It may be a bad thing at the time, but it won't be a bad thing later on. Having said that, though, um, the rumour of being trapped in a dream, you can get trapped in a dream, but it's not... You will come out of it. Say that. So, um... The dream that I got trapped in was I was in town and I got lost. I could not find my way home and nobody was basically helping me. And I went in a phone box and I dialed numbers and things and the phone box was not working. Um, it was just one of those horrible situations. Um... So yeah, that's I came out of it in the end. <clears throat> Second time I was trapped in the dream was the one that um, I was with my dad and we were driving up and down the road and we were stuck in a dead end. Um, and the third time I was trapped in a dream, um, I was basically... Um, I was basically trying to walk my friend, my one of my ex-girlfriends, to the bus stop. So, um, they're the three dreams I've been trapped in. <clears throat> and when you're trapped in a dream with someone, it gets worse. You think, oh, I'm trapped in a dream with somebody, that's fine. Um, it gets worse because if you are both, basically, the person you're trapped in a dream with, they get lost too. Um... Because you're still by yourself in that dream. Um, I just want to clarify that. Uh, yeah. Um, so. 
yeah. So, I don't want to talk through the golden rules of dreaming now. I'm not going to do them in this episode. But um, the rules surrounding dreamings is just... The one main rule is don't get scared in dreams. Another main rule in dream is basically just think about what you can dream before you go to bed. And third golden rule that I'll just set aside for now is um, try and meditate. If you can't do that and you don't have any nightmares or you don't have anything that's happening in the day, just, I don't know, put them thoughts, imagine you're putting those thoughts on your bedside table or something. I don't know. Um, whatever. It just... You you know, the world's your oyster when it comes to dreams. Um, and you could also... Before you go to bed tonight... Um, if you can't meditate with your eyes closed... Just picture a wall opposite your bed... Um, or on your ceiling, whatever. And just imagine a film happening of what's going to happen in your dream. Have it like a man- imagine a storyboard, um, how people edit films, you know, start to finish. Um, there's enough to be a timeline or anything, but for me, um, I've done the last couple of nights timeline of my dream and what's going to happen in my dreams and. And yeah, um, and it stops you waking up from weird thoughts as well. Um, but I really hope that's answered the question uh, about rules and dreams. It's gone on a bit this, but hey ho. Okay, I wanna I wanna talk about something else. Um, don't dream about an alarm clock. And I've only thought of that because I've got an alarm clock under my bed. I think Dad has set an alarm for tomorrow. Um, I keep you posted on that. Um, but I think Dad's set an alarm. But I just wanted to say briefly, um, don't set alarm clocks in your dream don't ever do it because you'll wake up and you'll still be in your dream <laughs> I'll tell you a story um, my mum and dad used to have uh, an alarm well my mummy used to have an alarm clock that was um, a cockerel one and I'd listen out for that and this one time this clock went off um, oh no she had a radio clock as well so I dreamt I thought I heard the radio and I woke up properly, and the radio wasn't on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't have... Don't think that the alarm's going to go off in your dream, because you can wake up. If there's a monster in your dream, and you think the clock's going to go and save you, it doesn't always work. Um... And even your own alarm clock can't save. I had a Star Wars clock um, going back. And it used to play the Star Wars theme at six in the morning. And um, 
I remember having this Star Wars clock um, on my bedside cabinet and it would go off and always listen up for the Star Wars clock and uh, unfortunately it's one time I heard the Star Wars clock and uh, when I woke up it was just before the alarm was about to go so yeah um, don't ever dream about an alarm clock it's the worst thing you can do Um, another thing is in your dream is um, don't there's another don't just just don't ever um, oh yeah don't ever wait for something for too long because if you're waiting for something that builds up too much excitement and that ends the dream so to stabilise the dream if you're waiting for something just get straight in there you know screw the waiting time you know you're in a dream you don't have to wait for anything you know if you're waiting for a girl to come out of a club just get in there grab the girl <laughs> you know the world's your oyster um I don't know um but if you're waiting for answers in dreams it doesn't always come um it just doesn't happen um I talked about prophecies and stuff on the hidden corner um so yeah um and the, the hidden corner is more structured we discuss about dreams towards the end of that podcast whereas here I'm just discussing them because people answered asked questions another people another question that people have asked me um is how come I go on the radio I've got autism I've got this that and the other how do you go on the radio with mental health problems disability all this kind of stuff um thick skin uh just know that you're going on the air you're going to studio but people can still hear you you know you've got to you've got to react to people you've got to know that people can react some way um they'll email the studio or something um don't be alarmed by it um it won't happen on your first show it didn't happen on my first show actually it did happen on my first show um yeah it's just one of those things um and I don't know um Yeah, just just go into broadcasting with your head held high. That's what I say. I mean, when I do a show, um, in fact, when I do this podcast, this podcast is a little bit different. Uh, the Hidden Corner is more kind of my DJ podcast, my music podcast. Whereas this is kind of my blog, my thoughts, my everything. But when I broadcast, when I record, when I sit in front of a microphone, when I sit and talk to you guys on the microphone, through through broadcasting, 
I put the mental health stuff aside, but I do talk to people about it. I do say, yeah, I've got a mental health problem. But sometimes I'll tell that person so I can put that person at ease and put myself at ease. So it's kind of a double-ended sword. It's kind of, you're stabbing somebody, but you're stabbing yourself at the same time. (laughs) It really works. Um, Trust me. Um, And you have to look after yourself in broadcasting as well. You have to look after yourself in broadcasting. That's something you've got to learn. You can't let people in showbiz push you around too much. Um, So I'm comfortable with my niche and I won't go anywhere else. Let's, Let's put it that way. And... Deliver the production that you want. You know? Use the voice you want to use. Use the style of voice you want to use. And deliver what you want to deliver. Um, There is a radio voice, but there isn't a radio style. If you know what I mean. And... um, If you're nervous, if for those who are going into broadcasting are nervous, just imagine that you're chatting to a friend. Uh, but you're, instead of chatting to a friend, you're chatting to... Maybe chatting to a lonely person. That's the best way to describe it. You know, when I... Radio did something for me. I was listening to Radio 1. And... I'd tune into Kelly Osborne, and she would discuss about... Uh, it was kind of all that sex ed stuff, but it was done in a nice, relaxed manner. You know, we had it was done on the radio, blah blah, and um, it was Kelly Osborne on the radio, and they were discussing about a couple of things, and not only did I get taught by the surgery show, but I got healed this one night. I thought, whoa. These people doing radio, they can heal people. And uh, something else as well. Um, I used to listen to... Um, oh, what was it? Um, I was listening to... I used to listen to The Blues Show on Radio 2. And... There was a blues musician discussing about um, how difficult it was to get shows and stuff. And when I do radio, um, I don't do I do it kind of the commercial way and a bit the non-commercial way. So I do both. I do both, folks, um, because you have to deliver to a community that are listening. And, yeah, I get a bit more of a workload now. But also, something that's happened while I've been in radio, like, I've, you know, changed my audience slightly, um, brought some listeners over, some, not all. And um, the people that aren't used to the lunchtime slow show, that were more used to me on the drive time, I prefer doing the lunchtime because I'm challenged. 
Um, and boy, those challenges come. But I think with a lunchtime show, you can still deliver the same things. You can still, you know, do all that kind of stuff. You've just got to have... You've got to deliver. There's people that still come to me and they say, boy, oh boy, I've had a stressful morning and I turned you on in the afternoon and by Jove, I was in fits of laughter. And I, well, you know, good on you. Um, And when it was a drive time show, I remember there was a guy who went to the gym and he said, and I do my workouts, I just turn the radio on and something happens and I get a burst of laughter, you know. And um, what it was, I remembered what it was. Me and James used to joke about, because we'd have, we had a new mixing desk that came in. And we used to joke about, we did, it did happen. But we used to joke about our mistakes and it still happens to this very day. And a lot of people don't get why we joke about our mistakes but I always think we want to try and bring some more volunteers in and I always think if we joke about something small like putting the wrong slider up which we still joke about um, you know and if we joke about our faults then maybe it puts somebody who's thinking about coming to the radio station with ease you know the new presenter that's walking through the door if they hear me joking about putting the wrong slider up um I know there's a few people that have been in the studio with me and they've got a blind presenter in the studio how's that gonna work and then when they see it happen and then we do a wrong move and we joke about it even more I think it puts people at ease because I understand people's anxieties going into a studio there's lots of buttons, there's lots of switches. They don't understand a lot of things. So when, you know, if you do something like put the wrong slider up or play the wrong song, um, it's easily done. Or you announce the wrong song. Gosh, the amount of times we've done that. <laughs> um, you know, um, we've even joked about the wrong timings. Um, which I've had to tell James off slightly. So what we just joke about it. If we make a wrong move, we we joke about our mistakes because we take the rip out of each other when it comes to a a mistake. Because I understand how people will feel, and they'll feel more nervous about making a mistake. Um, which you know, it's it's human. You know, uh, in the studio. Um, I have been nervous about putting the wrong slider up, but I've done it, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, the more times I've joked about it, pressing the wrong button, pulling the wrong slider up, um, the amount of times I've joked about it, but it's to put people at ease, and so many people that have cracked up out of us, you know, joked about, we're not messing around in the studio, you know, we've made a mistake, and... Instead of being, oh, we've made a mistake, very sorry about it, really, really sorry. Instead of doing that, it, we kind of, we we blame each other for it. And um, and James has actually got on board with it, really, because he blames me and then I blame him. And 
uh, when we started it, it was just me blaming James. But then, but now it's, um, I'll blame him and then he'll blame me. And sometimes, you know, but we don't do it as much these days, but, um, you know, um, yeah. Um, sometimes things like that happen. Now, I'm not saying that we do these things on purpose to make it seem like it's a mistake. But what we do is, when we do make a mistake, sometimes it'll seem like we've done something on purpose, but we haven't. Um, there was one time that we were constantly doing things wrong, and we joked about it too much. But um, it's still a running joke in the studio, but it becomes a little bit of banter, um, you know, and we we take the mick out of ourselves, and sometimes, I won't say we take the mick out of other presenters, but um, we have a little thing where we announce other shows that are coming up in a week, and sometimes we try and throw a bit of humour in with that, so, and it does work, um, a few of the presenters have, have laughed over it, but if you're going into, into radio, um, you have to, <clears throat> excuse me, you have to be able to take a little bit of risk, um, because if you don't, you're just going to be too nervy, too nervy of everything, um, some studios are, they want everything to be correct, they want you to be pushing the correct side up, they want you to play the correct song, but if you go to a studio where they don't mind, if you, as long as you don't screw everything up, but, um, yeah, I'm always pressing the wrong button. Well, folks, morning and welcome. Um, this is part of the section. Um, just to let you know, the clock that was hidden found it under my bed. Um, the alarm didn't even go off. Um, I always set the alarm on my braille note anyway. Um, so there's no surprises there. Um, but I wasted just a few minutes just to check that the other clock was not going to go off. As you can tell, my braille note... It's probably crashed as well, so I need to re-restrate that. Um, as you can tell, that's the alarm of the braille note in the background. Um, so yeah, I need to I need to fix that, and I also need to go upstairs and take my underpants and so on and so forth. It's one of those mornings. It's probably not going to be as interesting as the last two audio blogs that we've had. Um, we've had like a virtual barge trip and everything. Because I've got a slightly bigger phone, don't think we'll be doing the virtual walks as much as we used to. Because it's hard. Well, I'm not saying it's hard to hold the phone in one hand. But I don't really like doing it. It's, it's not... Um, I've not got used to just holding it, if you know what I mean, holding it, stopping, uh, with the other phone, I could just whip it out, it was the case, but, you know, I don't really like doing that, um, 
so if you like the virtual walks, please let me know. Um, and I will sort something out. Maybe I might have a ver- an audio recorder. Or maybe we might have to take the uh, Bluetooth headset with us. Just while we're doing virtual walks. But let me know in the... Um, in the comments on Facebook. Um, let me know what you think. Um, but yeah. Um, but I need to rush today. Because. Oh boy. I need to have a shave. My facial hair is. I underestimate, I underestimate my facial hair, I've got to admit. Um, that strange, strange thing of the day. <laughs> you know, women, women check their nails, don't they? Well, I check my nails. <sighs> right, we're back on the topic of facial hair again. I don't know how we got on that, but... Um, yeah, my facial hair is just growing, nonetheless. And um, I know women check the nails, but um, I'm sorry about the jump cut there. My alarm went on my phone. Um, so yeah, I check, like I said, check my facial hair. Um, and today, I've overestimated my facial hair. It's really growing. To the point where I do need to go and have that shave. Um, I'm leaving at about ten o'clock, so um, so yeah. Um, so I need to have that shave and. Yeah, I don't know what today's going to do. It looks awful out there. I heard rain pitter-pattering as I was coming up the stairs, so that doesn't sound pretty too good. As I was on my way to the toilet, so... That doesn't sound good when I hear rain pitter-pattering... That's not always a good sign, just to let you all know. Um, so I think I'm going to jump to the next section. Um, and I will say, probably not jump to the next section. I'll probably say bye for now because there isn't much more to say. And... Um, I'll see you guys in the next episode. If not, um, jump on to Hidden Corner. Um, There isn't going to be a podcast today on Hidden Corner. But that doesn't mean to say there'll be a podcast pretty soon. So guys, I'll catch you later.